Hey friends, it's Coley. Welcome to another episode of Still With You. I'm so excited to have you here, especially with this being the 98th episode of the podcast. We are two away from reaching 100. I've been jokingly calling it our centennial. This is a major moment for Still With You, and I'm so excited to share with everyone, including a secret project that I have been working on with a few friends, as well as an awesome conversation with a returning guest. You will not want to miss this in the next few weeks as we walk towards 100. And as we step towards this milestone, I am so excited to be speaking with today my friend Leslie Lyons, certified holistic health coach, writer, speaker, entrepreneur, and a professional singer. Leslie Lyons wears several hats and holds many responsibilities. Not only is she passionate about advocating for others as they walk towards health, but she also loves being a mom to five children. Leslie's mission to help others was born out of her own wellness journey and that of her family. Over the past decade, her family has faced genetic defects, a cancer diagnosis, and also the feeling of defeat. For the majority of her life, Leslie warred over her body, battling unhealthy relationships with her appearance and the inner belief that she was not enough. Yet rather than listening to the lies ordering her to be more, consume less, and to continue striving, today Leslie chooses to listen to her body. She has learned that her mind, soul, and body did not ask for the next diet trend, but they crave genuine grace, healing, and kindness. After graduating from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition with advanced knowledge in gut health, Leslie opened her arms to helping others who share her story through health coaching. She serves clients from all over the country who are moving towards freedom, not bound to a program or a meal plan, but through discovering true courage and silencing their inner critics. Are there a few voices in your life you need to permanently mute? You have permission to let go. Conversations talking about health Health and wellness are tricky and sometimes triggering, especially if you have experienced any kind of pain attached to this part of your life. Leslie is a longtime friend and an honest, trusted voice in my life who understands this deeply. Our conversation carries zero shame, but is simply composed by two imperfect people who are learning in every step along the way. I hope you hang around long enough to hear that you are worthy of being loved and intentionally cared for exactly the way God created you to be. Let's jump right in. It is my honor to welcome to Still With You, my beautiful, courageous friend, Leslie Lyons. The last time I saw you was over the summer at a friend's gathering. And what's so funny about this, before I showed up, I'd actually like ripped the crotch of my pants, like right before before I went to see you guys. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen your family and you in forever. And I like Obviously, I was the only one who knew, but I was thinking about that and like sharing that and even like telling you that honestly, like even brings some anxiety of like being that real. And I just thought about like how you do that so well. I've known you for a few years. I feel like there's like this new side of you that's like coming out where you're just being like really honest about everything. And sorry that we're just going straight dive in deep. Are you shocked in your everyday life thinking about like what you're sharing? Well, I am not actually shocked because that's pretty much who I am and how I have always been. I think that there's a side of me or a perception of me, I guess I should say that sort of comes off as maybe guarded or maybe like I have it all together or think I have it all together because I've had a lot of people tell me that, which is 
like the farthest thing from the truth. For as long as I can remember, I have felt, you know, there was something that I was not getting. I always perceived or often perceived other people as sort of having it together and me not knowing. It was birthed a long time ago, but it's been a slow process of, I think, finding my voice and finding the space to share that side of me. I avoided social media. I didn't even get Facebook until like 2017 or 18. Anybody that knows me and is close to me knows I'm going to just lay it all out. But yeah, it's, it's been tricky navigating that aspect of it because I don't want to be someone that just gets on social media or whatever platform and just overly shares and seems inauthentic. Mm -hmm. I really, really value authenticity and I've experienced so much inauthenticity that I can spot it. Even just like our conversations that we've had, like, you know, just like hanging out at your house. I used to babysit for your family. Yeah. Oh, side note to that. I don't know if you ever knew this, but like every time, like I would come over to babysit one time you offered that I could read your magazines in your living room. Uh You always had the coolest magazines. I would like in college, (laughs) I'd be like, oh my gosh, wonder what came in the mail this week. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I I used to be a huge magazine collector and I love magazines. I don't do that so much anymore. Although I do have Magnolia home. Oh, that's a winner. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, I should have thanked you long ago for letting me like look into (laughs) your subscriptions. (laughs) I always loved hanging out and babysitting Jack and just being like, okay. That's funny. But um, what I was going to say is I I think like, I know that from having conversations with you and you sharing Mm -hmm. authenticity, you said how you can like sense it out. We're in this time right now where I don't even know if like our sensors are right because we just don't see authenticity enough. I see that like in with my friends in a circle, but I'm always not as public as I could be even to what you are doing with just sharing your journey and being honest and making allowing people to feel human. Well, thank you. You know, that's so funny because I literally was thinking today, you know, struggling with a couple different things, you know, sort of this go-to programming is shame or fear or not enoughness. And I had this thought, I don't really know where it came from. And I said to myself mentally, stop, you're taking away the beauty of what it means to be human. This is what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. And humanity is not perfect. Stop thinking you need to be perfect. Have you ever read the book, The Body Knows the Score? Have you heard of it? Yes. I'm reading it right now and it is incredible to me of like how much our brain works. Yep. Every time I read it, interesting enough, it's like really calming for me to read it. And I just, I always feel like I give my brain Uh like a high five, like literally I'm not hitting myself in the head (laughs) for the audio, but good job. The brain is such a gift. Like you said, like the gift of being human. Tell me about like where that started. And not that you've never put health as importance, but where it's really been like this growing process of you, like diving into your health journey, learning more and how to help other people through that. You know, I've shared this publicly and so I'll always go back to this is that, I mean, I've just had such mm-hmm. a struggle with my body for as long as I can remember since I was little, not liking my body, thinking that I was too big, that since that has been like a constant in my life, the direction that it went for many, many, many years was how skinny 
could I be? And if I was skinny, that meant that I was worthy. To me, that meant that I was even healthy. And I ran all the time. And, you know, I really didn't think about what I ate. It was just amount of like calorie in, calorie out. And how can I maintain 120 pounds or whatever? After I got pregnant with Jack, that pregnancy was really, really tough. I was on bed rest. I had a call, what was called a placental abruption. So we weren't really even sure if he was going to live. Um, and it was very stressful, the whole pregnancy. And then after I had him, I had severe postpartum. Like I know that now, but looking back, you know, I knew that I was really not myself because of all of these emotional and mental things I had going on plans to go back to dieting and lose my weight, my baby weight and get back to that teeny tiny version of myself. I just, my body would not do it. It would not cooperate. You know, there's only so much energy that we have. So I started having actually more health issues because of the stress along the journey. My, one of my daughters had some health issues and we found out that she had this genetic mutation thing. So that was the first time really that I had explored dietary changes and how that could impact your health and that that could even make a difference. So I got super interested and it's funny because I look back now and what seemed, you know, it's funny what we like we deem as acceptable. So I went from being obsessive Mm -hmm. about, you know, my weight to being obsessive about what I ate. That led me to my health coach training. I got my certificate at Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So that was an amazing process. I learned so much about the mind, the body, the connecting of the two. And, you know, they talked a lot about, I guess there's a term for it now called orthorexia, where people are super obsessed with eating clean and they'll only eat certain foods. And really there's a name for that. Yeah. There's a name for it. I did that certification thinking that I would know like the perfect way to eat and that I was going to lose the weight that I wanted. And I was just going to be like literally a walking, talking billboard for like health, you know? Yeah. That was your goal and mine going into it. Yes. That was my end goal and not in like an arrogant way, but just personally, like finally figured it out, you know, but my schooling was completely different than that. We were exposed to like so many different dietary theories and diets. And basically they just kept coming back to be kind to yourself, do a little good for yourself and the body will go a long way. Moving on from that point, I had to figure out, okay, well, how does this apply? How do I apply this to my daily life? You know, now I really focus, I really, really try to focus on food freedom. What does that mean? To me, what it means is there's nothing that's off limits. Anything is okay. The funny thing is, is once you allow yourself, once like you take away the the rules and now candy is not the forbidden fruit. Well, guess what? Like if I have a Snickers, like I'm not going to spiral and be like, okay, well now I'm going to, I'm going to go get pizza and McDonald's. Like I literally used to do that. Like if I got off my diet or ate more than 1200 calories, I would binge all day long until I went to bed and I would be so sick. Yeah, It was like the last meal kind of thing, because in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm starting over tomorrow. And it's going to be cracked down and locked down and you're going to run four miles every day until you make up these 2000 calories that you ate. The idea of health has definitely evolved for me. And like you talked about the mind, I really believe that what we believe has more of an impact on our health than probably anything that we'll ever do or eat. So simple, but it's so hard where you're like just being kind to yourself and something that I'm learning too, is I'm trying to pursue health and mind, body, soul. It's never about 
the Hawaiian roll or the like the Snickers, like you said, it's never about that. It's always for me, it's like it's something deeper. It's something that I'm like trying to run from numb, whether that's eating it or whether that's like avoiding it. Right. Like either way, if someone's like struggling with that, if they've noticed that they're having like a toxic relationship with how they are either eating or even like viewing themselves and how those are all connected, like what do you think is like the best step for them to like just today to move like one step towards being kinder to yourself. I don't know. Is that even the right language for me to use? You're the coach girl. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a good question. And you know, it's going to be different for everyone. You can't move forward until you know what it is that you're speaking to yourself. And it's funny when you start to pay attention to the mental dialogue that goes on day in and day out, even Mm -hmm. just for like an hour, make note of how many times you think I'm so fat. I'm so stupid. Oh my, I'm never gonna, I can't, you know, like we have all of this super negative programming in our subconscious and it may be there from our parents or siblings or society or whatever, but you know, until you start to pay attention to like what you're thinking, like you said, you're just putting band-aids on a wound and it, and I'm totally fine. Like if someone wants to join Weight Watchers or, or count calories or do that to lose weight, that's absolutely fine. My goal is to help people start to identify what are your triggers? What is the reason? Why do you think that, why do you want to lose the weight? You know, do you think that you need to lose the weight? Is it a self-worth issue? Those types of things where you step back and start to become aware because when I talk about food freedom is like, you want to take the power away from the food. Like when you start to realize how freaking powerful you are individually, that's, I think that's one of the biggest shifts for me in the past few years is, you know, I didn't realize how much I saw myself as a victim or things weren't fair or things didn't work out for me, or I didn't get to be the one that gets to have X, Y, Z. You saw in my women's conference and, and, you know, the chapter that I read from the book that I'm working from, that was one of the writing exercises that really got me was like, says who, you know, and like, man, when you start to question that and you go, wait, I can have be do or, you know, think whatever I want to do. Like I'm a free autonomous individual. Then, you know, the, everything shifts. It slowly starts to shift. So I guess my, my suggestion would be, if you want to start today, pay attention to what you think and pay attention to your mental dialogue. And I promise you, you will start to see road signs along the way and why you you're making some of the choices that you're making. Yeah, because if we apply says who to our life, our perspective totally changed. I think that we'd probably be kinder people. We'd yeah. be a lot braver and we would like, because we wouldn't be scared. Nothing would hold us back. Right. That is something that I feel like when I go to do something that I'm scared to do, I almost have to remove myself from my present space. I'm like, okay, you're going to do this and you'll see yourself on the other side. <laughs> do you feel like Yeah, totally. I I completely relate to that. And I feel like you and I both have had this where quarantine did something within us where we both like wrote about stuff that we've walked through. That is something that continually came up. Perspective shift says who or like who told you that? Like where did you learn that from? Right. Um, One of the things that you always say and I have adapted this into my everyday, Leslie, is trading one set of chains for another. Where was that idea born within you? And like, what does that mean? Because that is so powerful. Oh, well, thank you. Just again, like I I talk to myself (laughs) 
so much. <laughs> I always feel like you're so, you're natural conversations, but are you like more introverted than we realize? Oh, I'm extremely introverted. Okay. Extremely. I never yeah. like to assume that on people because when I'm in conversation with them, I'm extroverts. So I'm like, oh, you've got to be extroverted. Like whatever. I'm having such a fun time. But yeah, that, that makes sense. I guess that if you process internally a lot, I think I'm an introverted extrovert. You know, I can oh, be yeah. extroverted for sure. You know, like I'm, I'm not anti-social or anti-crowds or anything like that, but I definitely need a lot of alone time to process mm-hmm. what's going on because I'm extremely introspective, but I'm also extremely empathetic in the sense of, and I didn't understand this until just a few years ago, I literally absorb people's emotions. And so before I understood what was going on in my lack of understanding, I would apply that to me. I would pick up on something and I would think, oh, it's me. They don't like me or, oh, they don't. Now I'm like, whatever's going on with, you know, so-and-so it probably has nothing to do with me. And if it does, well, I guess I can find out later. I mean, I say that flippantly, like it's so easy for me now, but it's much easier than it used to be. Like I used to just walk around feeling uneasy and now I understand what that is. It's a gift because I think it makes me really good at reading people. Yeah. And it's good for what you're doing, which is helping people and assessing a situation and saying, this is where you're at. And I see this from a different point of view. Yeah. Like it's, it's absolutely a gift. That's like good for people to know. Cause I don't think a lot of people understand that. Like when you walk into a room and something shifts or it feels different, then it's not always you that you (laughs) entered the room. You just probably walked into something that is a little tense or is a little bit dark. Bring the topic that you brought it before trading once. Thank you. You're being a better host. Oh no, no, no. That's okay. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to stay on task, you know, so I can answer, make sure that I'm answering the question. Yes. I think in my attempt to find the perfect answers and the right way to eat or lose weight and be healthy and all of that, what I kept bumping up against was if you make rules, then you're making a rule that you can't have rules. So in everything that we go to do, when we draw these hard lines in in an attempt to find freedom, all we're doing is putting ourselves in another set of chain. So I think we have to continually be aware of that. You might be like body image wise, I lost 50 pounds. I work out every day. I look the best I've ever looked, but now you're a prison to this new image and, you know, this new size. So it's just always being aware of that aspect of life. And my goal from now until the day I die is I want to enjoy my life. I want to be present. I want to be grateful for every tiny little thing. And that's not going to be perfect. Getting away from this idea of if this, then this, Mm -hmm. or when this, then this, and that's okay. Like we're going to have some, we're going to have that sometimes because again, that's the beauty of being human, getting away from this idea of constant self-loathing or self-improvement, asking for forgiveness all the time makes you feel like it's like you train yourself to see something wrong Mm -hmm. all the time. And I lived that way for a very long time. And then I started to realize this sucks. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not pleasing. It's not making me a better person. It's actually making me a worse person. To use the phrase again, like trading one set of chains. Do you think we're always going to have to battle that? 
I still have struggle. I still struggle. And, but the, the difference now is that I see my struggle as just part of the process. And yeah. some days I'm going to be really sad for whatever reason, or I, I might be really angry or irritable. Like I had a terrible morning Saturday, this past Saturday, Saturday morning with Jack, mm. he was driving me crazy. We had a soccer game and it was just gloomy and there was other stuff going on. I just screamed at him, get your stuff on. And like, <laughs> I did it. I was just like, where did that come from? Yeah. That's not the version of life that I want to live. So instead of freaking out, you know, I just was like, okay, well that was really stupid. And that did not make me feel any better. And that didn't (laughs) create the change in him that I wanted. So I was like, Hey, I'm really sorry that I like freaked out and screamed at you. And he was like, yeah, that's okay, mom. So, you know, it's just knowing Uh that like, Part of the process is feeling things and navigating feelings and being okay with that, being quick to apologize and and just stepping back and going, I don't have to be angry today if I don't want to. Absolutely. Hey friends, it's Coley. As I've mentioned, we are walking towards our 100th episode of Still With You. You know, this is something that I'm entirely excited about. I keep mentioning it. And as I'm reflecting upon this moment, I'm also remembering where the podcast started. I remember being eager to get started reading endless how-to articles promising a smooth and simple podcast startup plan, but they left me even more confused and discouraged. I wanted a space for what I truly needed, practical, trusted information, along with personal encouragement. After sharing 98 episodes with over 75 plus guests and thousands Thousands of downloads later, I want to share with you what I've learned hosting four seasons of Still With You to help you start your own podcast today. This past year, I composed a quick course, How to Podcast with Coley Browning, that will walk you through discovering your podcast purpose, how to plan your show step-by-step, and walk you through publishing and promoting your work. Launching a podcast is much easier than it may seem, and you don't have to do it alone. You can find all of this information and more by visiting my website, coleybrowning.com. Click on the How to Podcast with Coley Browning tab. It'll take you over to the course site, and there you can get started on launching your own podcast today. I cannot wait to listen and subscribe to your podcast. Your story matters, and you have every reason to share it. I mentioned it just a second ago, your 2020 really grew something within you. Like you started writing and I know that part of it started through your training in school that you did with um, the health Institute. You have first draft of a book. Well, the first few chapters, I've already like listened to one of them. As I was telling you before we jumped on here, I feel like you've hidden this gift away of like your way with words. Like it is so amazing. So I want to know everything. Like, tell me how that started, where you started journaling and you're like, oh, wait, I have much more to say. I've never been a big reader until a few years ago. Well, we know you have magazines. So your magazine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When I was on the road before Jack, you know, that was before like iPhones and Netflix and things that, you know, you could watch when you flew. And so I was on an airplane all the time. I started to read. I realized that I loved reading. I loved a really good book. I love novels. And just in general, like I love movies. I love TV. I love stories. Reading a good book or watching a a good movie, even a great, you know, song with a great song lyric. I've always been so 
moved and actually been able to kind of move emotions through my body and process emotions because of someone else's story. Yes. Like levels the playing field, you know, it's like humanity at its most beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, I always thought like, man, I would love to write a book. Could I write a book? I don't know. I don't know if I could write a book and I don't certainly don't think I could write like a fiction book with 2020. And, you know, so my job was just taken away literally overnight. And Mm -hmm. that was very stressful because one of my struggles is I struggle with a scarcity mentality. Oh, really? Oh, oh, yes. Always stressed about money. And, and, but, and, you know, part of that is just because, you know, we never have had much and we've had so many kids. And I think just that pressure and that just desire to provide, you yeah. know, to make sure that, you know, they were, they all were taken care of because there were a lot of them. Absolutely. I was struggling and I was trying to figure out like, what do I do? You know, like, where's the world even headed and how do I process this? So I started getting up in the morning at like five because everybody was home. And that was the only time I could be alone. And so it just became this really beautiful time where I would get up and I would journal or meditate or whatever. So I started making these posts in my Facebook group for my clients. And I was getting all this positive feedback. This is beautiful. The way you wrote that and the way you put that. And I I made a couple blog posts. And so one day I just sat down and with my laptop and I was like, I'm just going to write the first chapter. It just started to flow, but mainly because I want to share my story, not because I believe I have anything, you know, you do have something to say. I'm like, not even going to let you finish that sentence. (laughs) What I mean is like, I never want to be seen as like a guru or or an advice person to go to from the time I was a young mom. And even before that, but especially as a young mom and navigating that and a lot of the other factors, I remember thinking if I'm ever in a position where I can share with other women or men or whoever and be honest in a funny way and in a relatable way and make them feel better about themselves, then that's what I want to do. That is what I feel like that is my mission. So that's where the writing was birthed. I think if anybody knows me, like once I start telling a story in person, I love to tell a story. I love to be theatrical and I love to, you know, (laughs) I love to make people laugh. So that's where it's coming from. People need to know that they are not alone and nobody has it figured out. And people say that all the time, but then they get on social media or whatever, and they portray a different thing. And it just makes everybody feel like they're failing in some way. Mm -hmm. I want to come against that. I guess is my purpose. What was it like for you though, revisiting like hard parts? Like there's a story that you tell, which I'm not going to share because it's not mine to share. I wanted to be so bad to like reach through the the screen or like if I had the book in my hand, like I wanted to reach through it and have been the person in that situation to have helped you and to have come alongside you. It moves me to tears, even kind of thinking about it. What was that like for you revisiting like those like hard moments? I mean, you had to like relive that all over again. I cried the first few times that I, cause I practiced it and I, I read it for a friend and read it for my husband. And I, it was, I, I didn't get through it without choking up, but ultimately I guess the place I'm in now, and I'll be completely honest. I mean, I, I spent a lot of years trying to process some of the hard stuff in a way that was more bitter and angry, but that's okay. Because what I, what I learned was that if I didn't allow myself to just feel bitter or feel angry, then I was going to stay stuck. And I didn't want to stay stuck. Sort of revisiting those things, really seek to let myself feel what I'm going to feel. And then on the other side of it, look at it in a perspective of all of these things 
you know, happen to me or they're not, they didn't happen to me. They happened for me. Yeah. I know everybody has their stuff and their wounds that they can share and their wounds that they need to heal. I'm at a place now, thankfully, where I can process that stuff and I'm not looking for someone to blame. I'm just truly processing in a way that's, that was pretty painful, but there's no blame because I'm a human and they're human. It's just a healthier way to process it, but it did not happen overnight for sure. That's totally honest. I always feel when I go to write about something or go to even think about it in processes that I'm always scared I'm going to get stuck. You said that you like you didn't allow yourself to get stuck there. Someone who's not going to write a book, but do you think it's a healthy practice to allow yourself to revisit what you've painfully stuck away and just was like, oh yeah, that happened, that hurt? Yeah, I 100% do. And that's not, you know, based on any Mm -hmm. professional opinion. That's I've been to therapy and I've read so many books you know, Dr. Edith Eager, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's a Holocaust survivor. And she wrote a book Mm. called The Gift and the Choice. But she says all the time, feelings felt can't hurt you. But feelings not felt and not processed and shoved down, to me, that is where health awareness needs to start more than what you eat, more than what you weigh, more than how much you exercise is you got to know what's going on. Yeah, that's true. I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that in family members lives, you know, on the outside and everything that they were doing should have meant that they were like literally the picture of health, but they were having so they were sick. They had this ease basically because they weren't allowing themselves to process. And I think too, for me, A lot of mine was the role that I had in my family processing all of that because I mean, I have a very significant, you're the middle child. I'm the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was making sure I was remembering that right. Didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, that's fine. Having adult kids and I have great relationships with them, very open and giving them the freedom and the space to say, mom, you know, when you did this, that was really hurtful. And, you know, and I, I thought you rejected me in this way or whatever, allowing them to say those hard things to me, helped me release wounds that I had perceived from my parents, because whether they were intentional or not, they're still human. Things get lost in translation. And as kids, we're also just trying to make sense of things. And so we perceive things in a way that's incorrect and that and we we hold Mm -hmm. that in our hearts for so long and it's like we're hurt and we're mad and we're trying to prove ourselves when all along it's like maybe that's not even really how it happened yeah even if there was malintent from whoever what other people think of you doesn't get to define you. You know, that takes a lot of work, a lot of work, but it's, it's possible. I keep telling myself and then it kind of spills over into like what I've been sharing, like through the podcast and other, everything else is like that you're worth it. Like if you go to build something like, you know, if outside of yourself, whether it's like your business or, you know, even a house or something like you don't usually stop, you usually like continue on because you want to see a product and like, what is the difference between that and a journey like you went on? in 2020 with yourself, it continues to grow because you're worth it. Though there's no tangible product that you can be like, Hey, well, maybe in your case with your book, I mean, that would be definitely (laughs) like tangible. And the process is so worth it. Like when did we lose that? We're not worth the process. Everyone says, you know, you are enough. You are enough. Let's be honest. The messaging that we get (laughs) 24 seven is opposite of that. 
I don't like, I don't know if you do this, but you know, this is something that even I've had to think about so many times during the day, mm-hmm. I'll stop and be like, Oh, I should go do this. I should go. I have this. I didn't. And then I, I literally will have to stop myself and go, okay, Leslie, you got up, you worked out, you journaled, you meditated, you did coaching calls, you answered emails, you did laundry, you cleaned the house, yeah. you went and got Jack, you made lunches. When is it going to be enough? Six o'clock sit down, get a glass of wine. You can check out for the day. Like, but it's just so ingrained in us that we have to keep doing and we should do more and be more and have more because it, it's never going to end. It's there. We will never do enough. We will yeah. never have enough. We will never look good enough. And I can say, you know, for myself personally, like I shared a post last week or so, a picture of when I was, you know, just the height of, um, perfection outward outwardly. I read that post. Yeah. That's why I'm saying like, I feel like there's like a level of real that you are. That's why I want our friends to follow you and to connect with you. It's been refreshing to me. Sorry. I'm totally cutting you off. I did want to say that I read that and I wanted to honor your honesty. Thank you. Rejection is hard for everyone. I think I learned a long time ago to sort of self-deprecate because I felt like if I could make fun of myself, then maybe I would draw out something from someone that I was afraid that they were thinking. And then they'd be like, well, yeah, I wasn't going to say like, it was just very toxic. But now I I do want to just be honest in a way that's healthy and not, and I'll, I'll be totally honest. Like there was such a big part of me, you know, even when I saw that picture was like, I look better than, than I do now. And I don't, you know, like it just that old programming. And like, I had to remember I was miserable. Yeah verge of nervous breakdown, which did have a nervous breakdown. That's how bad it was. Wow. Well, I'm grateful for you doing the hard work, going to school, the self-digging, pour out into others. Cause I mean, you can't pour where you're empty and you're doing like the hard work and the self-care to be able to help others through coaching and also through your family and your friends, like all of that matters. If someone is interested in starting this journey of just some of the stuff that we've talked about, obviously you're available for them. What would that look like for them even within the next week where they're thinking about what we've just talked about and they're like, man, I want to, I know there's got to be more than this. I will say though, there are so many great free resources, you know, Mm -hmm. podcasts and books. It does take a little bit of time, you know, to kind of find um, the right voice. And and I guess one of the things that I've learned, I don't want to ever stop learning. You know, I may have an opinion about something or a view on something now, but I'm totally free to change that later. So one of the most freeing opening things is that I listen to audiobooks all the time. I listen to podcasts all the time. And instead of now trying to find the right answer or the guru, I can listen to those things and go, I like that. Nah, not so much that, but I do really like that. I used to feel like I had to find one person or, you know, one group think that everybody agreed with me. I think that that's a great place for anyone to start is just start doing some digging. The holistic psychologist, she is amazing. She has an Instagram account. I love Jordan Peterson. Like I said, I listened to the Edith Eager book. I love Matthew McConaughey's new book. It's not an accident. You know, once you start kind of digging through that stuff, you'll see this person tag this person or this person will, you know, share a post to Instagram. And then you click on that post and you're like, Oh, I really like them. That's a great way to start. You know, along with that, like I said before, start to become aware of your mental dialogue. Um, Oh, and intuitive eating is another great 
book. That's one thing. That, I don't know if you've ever heard of. I knew you'd be full of resources though. This is like, <laughs> that's why I wanted to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. I think audible. Cause you know, like you can exchange books and I'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, a couple chapters exchange, you know, I didn't really like that one. And you know, I'd have to call them. Like, I didn't know that it had that option. Honestly. Yeah. You can exchange. I always felt like when I hit buy, <laughs> I'm more, I, I feel like I'm very committed yeah. and I like to finish a book once I started, but now that I know that I try not to abuse it, you know, but there are times <laughs> when I'm like, this is not my, I can't, I'm not, I can't do this. Absolutely. And you know, you said something earlier and I thought about this a lot for myself, you know, you can't pour from, you know, what you don't have. Bachelor theory. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's something that I keep coming back to because like, whether it's a difficult relationship where I don't want to forgive someone and this dawned on me the other day, I was like, why don't I want to forgive? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I think that it's hard for me to forgive because it's still hard for me to forgive myself. Yeah. We're taught that, that that's backwards, that, you know, you have to forgive in order to be forgiven. But I truly believe now, if you cannot love yourself and forgive yourself, you, you don't know what it is. You don't know how to give it. It's foreign. Yeah. How was that kind of evolved within your faith? And you'd absolutely do not have to answer that as at all. But like, have you noticed even your relationship with God as you've been kind of walking back a path of rediscovering, like learning from, I love what you said about how these things didn't happen to me. They happen for me, you know, for you to grow from. Has that at all changed? It has changed everything. I used to view myself, my life and everything about me as something that needed to be fixed. Something that, that, that there was something wrong, that, that I'm inherently wrong. You know, I'm inherently bad and I need to constantly be scanning myself, you know, for what did you do that was bad today so that you can ask for forgiveness and that you can, because I was taught get bad things happen in your life. It's because you're being punished, getting consequences. And so it was this like never ending feeling of like life was just something to be survived, not enjoyed. And, and if, and if you did enjoy things and if you did have things that God is a jealous God and he's going to take it away and, or he's going to punish you or that has all definitely shifted. You know, what I realized is inside, we're all just little five-year-olds. We all just want to know that we're loved and adored. And, you know, and, and when we feel that, then like we do better, Mm -hmm. but if you feel like you're always in trouble, then where's the motivation? Like, where's the motivation to grow or to be kind? And you just sort of become, I just became very like, you know, withdrawn just so unhappy with myself. So that has all shifted. And it's like I said, I never say that I've arrived. It's a constant awareness. And one of the biggest things about this whole thing is I never really connected God and nature. I'm telling you, like I see, I literally see the world in a different way, like in like HD colors. (laughs) And it's weird. What happened when I got glasses though? I'll be honest. Like I'll be real. I was like, what HD TV am I looking there and I'm not 80 years old. I literally had like a tiny prescription. I was like, holy cow. And that happened in 2022. Like all my friends know that like with the with uh, me getting contacts, I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Yeah. But, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Tell me about God and Nate. Being outside and just uh-huh. really feeling like he's everywhere. This may sound crazy and you may have to edit this and that's okay. No, be yourself. Okay. So I have this funny thing that I started doing like last year because 2020, I took a lot of walks. Same. I knew every corner of our neighborhood. 
So I started to like have this game that I would play. I don't know if it was with God or myself or whatever, both. I would focus in on like if I was having thoughts or prayers about something or thinking about something and, you know, trying to process something. I would be like, if I see a feather, then I'll know that God is near. I'm telling you, you should see this jar of feathers that I have in my den. Did you collect them? I collected all of them. Oh my goodness. And it's to the point where like specific colors and it may not be that day, but like it'll show up a couple days ago. I was thinking about something and stressing, you know, trying to release it. And um, I was like, you know, if I see a red feather, then I'll know that it's going to be fine. And I didn't see a red feather. I didn't see a red feather. Well, a couple days later, I was outside playing basketball with Jack. I moved the dog dish out side to get Milo some water and there was a red feather. <laughs> so it's stuff like that all the time. And I have all these really beautiful feathers. Um, oh my gosh. that I love that. That's like making me tear up. That is so beautiful. I love that. Uh, that is the sweetest thing. I have an aunt. Feathers are her thing too. I love moments like that. And see, you would have never even thought to have had those moments had you not slowed down on the walk stepped away from technology while we have all of this right here I love that you collected them too because normally I'm just like wow that's really sweet yeah (laughs) like now you have like a continual (laughs) like momentum of something that is like a changing moment with you well you know those like hurricane like glass you know candle Mm -hmm. holders and so so I I put them all in there so you can see them and um I don't even know what my favorite one is, mm-hmm. but one of my favorites was I was on the Katy Trail. I was in deep thought, deep emotions, deep connecting, deep prayer, all of the above. I'm riding my bike, asking for a sign. There's the biggest, most beautiful hawk feather just laying right. And I had just gone and I'd turn around and come back and there it was. And I like, you know, put the brakes on. I'm like, I think my daughter was riding with me. I'm like, wait, hold on. I got to get this feather. <laughs> I have been wanting this. Did it fit in the jar? Like a hawk feather is pretty big. Oh, it's, it sticks straight oh, out. Awesome. So it's like the centerpiece and then like all the other ones are around oh, it. But yeah, that's just, I love asking for signs that I'm not alone. And I know that I'm not alone. I want you to go and finish the book. Please go okay. finish it because I want, like, I literally binge read and I feel like that is one that I will absolutely like binge. So like, what is the update on that? If you can share, you said you're a couple chapters in, is there anything also that uh, we can even be excited for with coaching and any kind of projects that you're working on? Cause I definitely want our friends to go follow you. Leslie, the health coach, and then Leslie, the health coach.com. And all of that will be in the show notes for everyone. There is definitely something in the works along with the book to kind of make it, you know, a little bit more significant. Honestly, right now, I'm just being very patient with myself because I know my creative process. And uh-huh. what I like to do is I like to get out in nature and I'll get these ideas. And then that's when I'll come back and I'll start the writing. But because you know, I feel like I self-sabotage so easily. There's fear of success and fear of failure. Absolutely. Well, I've even heard that like artists love the process so much that they just will create it and then they'll be like, tear it apart. Have you heard that? Yeah. And I, so I think, you know, it's just really honing in on exactly what I want to say and trying to convey my story in a way, you know, that is relatable, but that makes people laugh because I absolutely think that humor is the key to survival. Like you cannot take yourself too seriously being patient with that process. But it's funny because you would think with Jack being in school that I would get more writing done, but I actually feel like I'll get more writing done this summer because I'm going to need a respite. (laughs) 
<laughs> from, you know, just yes. being in the house. Yeah. So my goal is to have, you know, by the end of summer, good rough draft. So go from there. And as far as my coaching, you know, I'm taking clients. Once people listen to this podcast, uh, you know, if, if anyone wants to work with me, I will say this, all of the initial consultations are free. Generous, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't feel like it's a good idea to just leave it open-ended because I want people to talk. I want to be able to, to spend some time with people because we may not be compatible. You know, I'm not selling my program. What I am providing is going to be specific to the person and we just may not be compatible or they may like want something or expect something totally different than what I'm willing to provide. And then we're both not happy. So the initial consultation is always free. Hopefully after listening to the podcast, people have a better understanding of, you know, what it is that I do, basically helping be a guide and helping people navigate through some of the underlying reasons why they do the things that they do. And then, you know, implementing like really small, sustainable, enjoyable changes along the way. Every time I'm around you, like I always have fun and like, I know that you make it fun. And the other thing I'm shocked, not shocked, the amount of people that you have even like outside of the state, like you're in Missouri right now, looking at how many people Uh who you've worked with and are working with, you built your clientele so quickly. Like it's gone great. I mean, you know, I, like I said, I I never wanted like market to the masses because Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm going to do. You know, I'm never going to be able to offer some program to a hundred women at once, you know, cause that's just not, but still like the organic growth, like that just points exactly to that. You're doing such a great job. Thank you. Yeah. I would rather, you know, grow slowly and have it be, you know, really meaningful. And I, you know, and I can honestly say like all of my clients, we're friends. We do have a good time on our calls. I have one Missouri client, the rest are out of state, but the ones that I have apart from the the new one, they keep re-signing. That's and so, so I'm like, well, that must be doing something right, you know, because I'm always like, all right, well, this is our last one. Well, wait, I want to keep going. So That's I'm like, awesome. okay, well, you can resign. That's so good. I love that. We're going to be like looking forward to all that. Okay. And I'm so excited for that. Thank you so much for making time for this. I had to share one more thing. I almost forgot this. This season, I um, shared how Chris and I met and like our friends saw like a picture of our engagement shoot and everything. They saw like the red shoes. And I wanted to say that you're the, you are the friend who gave me my first pair of like red pumps. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) You remember doing that? Yeah, I do. Which is so funny too, because another military wife, and I've shared this with you before, but she used those for a photo shoot with her and her husband in uniform too. So it's like the sisterhood of the traveling shoes at this. That's awesome. I still have those. And I just always have like, look at those. Think of you every time, obviously, because you gave them to me for my birthday, but still brings me so much joy. Good. I know. Red heels are fun. (laughs) I mean, there's just no getting around it. They are fun. They are so fun and they still fit. They still work. And I love sharing them anytime I can. So yeah, I love high heels. I, I will just, you know, kill my my toes and my body and everything <laughs> if I have an opportunity to wear them. So I definitely had to bring them. Can we do this again? Cause this is so much fun catching up with you. Absolutely. I know we mentioned it briefly, but spatula theory, I just, they're just going to have to go find you for that. Like, I'm just going to leave it at that. That one is so good. <laughs> so true. And I literally have been thinking about that since. Thank you so much, Leslie. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on. I'm so glad you asked me. I I think what you're doing is awesome. I'm so proud of 
you too, like just building this podcast and all of the many things that you do. But this is very cool. And I love your microphone. It's awesome. Wish oh my goodness, see it. thank you. It's so cool. Well, Best Buy, it is really nothing fancy, but thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. It was so much fun to catch up with Leslie. She is such a lovely friend. I just had the most fun talking with her, laughing with her. She is amazing. And I hope that you take a moment to connect with her. Thank her for coming on the show or simply get started in your own health journey, whatever that might look like. If you are interested in adding an additional member to your personal team, health coaches, counselors, mentors, they are are individuals placed on purpose in your inner circle to help and support you, cheer you on, walk with you, and be there when you need it most. I hope you connect with Leslie or another trusted voice in your life after listening to our conversation. And again, I want to thank her so much for making time to be on the podcast. If you want to reach out to her, you can find her on social media. Her handle is Leslie the Health Coach on Instagram. Also, you can visit her website LeslieTheHealthCoach.com. Leslie always leaves me thinking with her words, and I hope you enjoy following her online. She also left us many resources, so you can find all of the links that we talked about in the show notes of this episode at my website, ColeyBrowning.com. If you follow me through Instagram or Facebook, you can always click the link in my bio. It'll take you straight to my website. You can also connect with me. I love getting emails emails, messages, hearing from every single friend who listens to the podcast. It is a true joy and I want to make myself available for you. Encouragement, prayer, just want to hear where you're listening from, what you're celebrating. That is my favorite part when I am able to connect with friends. I also want to thank folk indie artist Gabrielle Grace for sharing her song, We'll Be Alright, this season on the podcast. You're listening to this beautiful song from her latest EP, Spin Her Music on iTunes. Spotify, wherever you stream. She is incredible. And if you would like to find more about Gabrielle Grace and her incredible music library, you can visit her website, gabriellegracemusic.net or follow her on social media, Gabrielle Grace Music. I'm always so grateful for her sharing her music with us. And I also want to thank you for taking a moment out of your week to hang out with us on the podcast. Still With You is such a fun space to share gold inspiring stories with genuine friends about our faithful God and it is because of your support that this podcast is able to remain on air. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have the best rest of your week. The final few weeks of July. Be bold be brave, be you and remember that he is still with you. you.